It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at Brightfield Group, looking at the CBD report mid-year 2021. Is it an industry or just an ingredient? To help us answer that question, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney, thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. So let's dive into this report for Brightfield Group. Talking about uh, who is driving the CBD market and who is hitting the brakes. So e-commerce, kind of looking back at the pandemic. So uh, CBD was driven by e-commerce in 2020, kind of shifting uh, strategies. So brands that focused on boosting their e-commerce were the most successful. Uh, Strategic online advertising brought in shoppers to... um, and their websites, subscription models helped with loyalty programs, but ultimately, uh, you know, people in a pandemic don't want to go out into the market, so they're going to buy stuff online. Agreed. Um, they're not going to really talk about THC, but the entourage effect has a really big, important impact into the industry. You go to a, a rec shop, they're not going to have anything that's just straight CBD. So having said that, um, look into the entourage effect, look at a one-to-one THC to CBD ratio or 20 to one, if you don't want those psychoactive effects. Um, but this will just dive into CBD. Um, pharmaceutical industry, definitely jumping on board. So GW Pharmaceuticals is the only CBD product uh, in this category at sales more than doubled uh, for them, uh, fourth quarter 2019 to fourth quarter 2020. Only authorized treatment for two rare childhood epilepsy syndromes. Um, And the pharmaceuticals are going to continue to boom over the market, uh, reaching four times its current size by 2026. And um, the reason for that, in my opinion, is that GW GW Pharmacy, now owned by Jazz Pharmaceuticals, has the money to do that. Like if other people, you know, um, like Charlotte's Web, they could probably prove their efficacy for their drugs help as well. But it's so much money, no one can really afford to do this. Well, uh, first, uh, transparency, uh, I own some GW Pharmaceuticals, uh, and I was very, very happy with the acquisition by Jazz. Uh, but uh, the backstory to GW Pharmaceuticals is they had actually been selling this in the EU for some amount of time before they entered the US market. And when they entered the US market, they went straight for the gut of FDA approval. And they did it on purpose. And that was their plan the entire time. Uh, And they were successful uh, and good on them. So millennials and Gen X, they're driving the market. Millennials and Gen X account for over two-thirds of CBD users at 71%. Um, So maybe this is anxiety. Maybe this is them having to live with their parents and trying to cope. (laughs) Uh, You know, different uh, different reasons for different folks. But word of mouth is the most popular outlet for initial CBD awareness among both generations. Um, and I would say like people are getting their financial advice on YouTube, which blows my mind that people are doing that, but they just don't trust regular news outlets. And I think cable is, is uh, decreasing in popularity anyways. So 
um, between those two things, I think they're going to be looking for word of mouth or, um, you know, just like the cannabis industry isn't looking for pharmaceuticals industry to tell us what's happening. We're looking for anecdotal evidence. I think a lot of these kids are looking for anecdotal evidence from their friends and listening to that more than uh, news sources that are no longer trusted. Right. The, this is both a, a plus and a minus. Uh, first of all, when, when, a friend recommends a product to you, you are absolutely more likely to follow that advice. But secondly, there's no science behind it. And just because CBN helps you doesn't mean it's going to help me. And uh, that's both a plus and a minus, Josh. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roughly one in five consumers are not using CBD because they don't know enough about it. I've got a cousin who hates flying, but he wants to use Krantum because it I don't know, seems to be more like a more natural. I'm not really sure why he uses Krantum instead of CBD, but he's one of those folks who don't know enough. Um, he thinks it still comes from THC and is, is a, a little bit nervous of maybe failing a drug test, even though he doesn't get tested. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, no science when you're talking to your friend. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but What's driving the market is those young folks. So hopefully more millennials will be talking to their their parents and their grandparents and kind of getting people more educated using word of mouth and spreading the word. Cannabis legalization is probably also helping. But like I mentioned, you're not going to get any straight CBD in a lot of these rec stores because the way the laws are written, it has to be cannabis or THC only. So unless it's cannabis derived CBD, you're not going to find a lot of hemp derived. So um, I don't think there's a lot of difference, to be quite candid with you, between THC and um, between cannabis-derived CBD and hemp-derived CBD. I don't think there's a lot of differences there. Would you agree with that? I agree. CBD is a chemical compound. Uh, cannabis-derived CBD, hemp-derived CBD, synthetic CBD, a chemical is a chemical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regardless of where it's coming from, a lot of people have that medicinal connotation to it. 91% of Americans say that cannabis should at least be legal for medical use. That's crazy, 91%. So that's that's up substantially. Um, not really sure how much longer the feds can hold back on that. So cannabis dispensaries, are new legal markets also selling CBD. Not in Washington, they aren't. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's not a thing. Um, they are selling one-to-one. I think that's a phenomenal ratio. If you're looking for some euphoric, energetic, uplifting experience, a one-to-one CBD to THC ratio is uh, amazing. I really like it. I would uh, advise you try that. Um, distribution trends show that, uh, 64% rate, uh, ration cannabis products. 64% of, uh, the ratioed cannabis to CBD products. That makes a lot more sense when you say it that way. When you when you when you read the word correctly, that makes a lot more sense. All right. Yeah. So the ratios with higher amounts of CBD intersect the two cannabinoids. So yeah, it's not all about uh, the percentage, right? These are terpenes that give you the direction you want to go. The percentage only gets you there that much faster. So look at terpenes. Don't look at percentages. They aren't going to get you to where you want to go. 90% THC doesn't mean anything. Are you going to get myrcene, which puts you on the couch? Or are you going to get pinene that, you know, encourages you to mow the lawn? It depends on what you're looking for. Uh, percentages aren't going to do anything though. Agreed. So the pandemic hit the brakes on brick and mortar, prevented a lot of uh, consumer discovery. So 
I would definitely um, add that you know a lot of these folks, whether they're um, famous musicians, athletes, you know, they got into drugstores and and distribution centers and you know twenty stores, a hundred stores, whatever. They're still not making any sales. They're still not doing well. They have maybe two, three product SKUs, um, but without the marketing, the advertising, people going into the stores, it doesn't matter. So if they're going to go online to a CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid, whatever, are they still, are they going to find your product? Are they going to look at, you know, see the traditional cues and say, I relate to that brand. I'm going to buy that brand. I don't think so. I don't think it's there. They're just kind of going into the stores. They're finding out the highest milligrams, that very novice introductory um, method of buying. It's the highest milligrams of CBD and buying it. So unfortunately people need to get into the stores and, um, interact a little bit more, even though the employees have no idea what they're doing either. Um, probably better than just buying some of this and thinking that it's a snake oil when it doesn't do what you want it to. Right. Well, that doesn't surprise me based on this graph, uh, Josh, that most of the sales occur at a specialized CBD retailer that can take the time to educate the consumer about the product. Um, that also goes for the natural food store, the vitamin store, and the, and the pharmacy, uh, which, which are very high numbers on this chart because of the educational component. And then um, for, for those of you who can't see the chart, uh, there's only 8% sales at the Quickie Mart. And, and that does not surprise me at all because the Quickie Mart guy is not going to explain the terpene profile to you. Right. Yeah, the smoker vape shop is probably people who already know what they want and they're going there out of convenience. Um, the novice people going for convenience for gas stations too, but they don't know what they want, which is why, you know, a third are going to dispensaries and another third are going to specialty stores is because they don't really know what they want. I was talking to my mom uh, over the weekend and she was looking at CBD for sleep, but she doesn't know anything and won't go into one of these stores without me. Um, even when I asked her if she wanted to go, she's like, no, I don't want to go right now. <laughs> so- <laughs> So there's still some hesitation with a lot of people, even though, you know, some of us have been talking to, you know, our folks, you know, for a long time, it's still going to take, yes. still going to take some time to get them comfortable with that. Um, maybe in a more form that they're used to, like a gummy or a tincture or a capsule that they're used to gummies being the highest form followed by tincture, both at 45%. Yeah, well, they have to do an acceptable, I mean, nobody wants to smoke CBD, right? Uh, First of all, smoking is bad. Second of all, smoking looks like a drug. Uh, If you chew a a gummy, it looks like a vitamin. If you uh, put some drops in your coffee, that that sort of looks like medicine. Uh, Certainly the capsule uh, has medicine connotations. Uh, So, you know, you gotta educate the consumer but also win over the consumer. Yeah, educating and then selling is really hard to do. And while the FDA isn't providing any guidance on CBD, it's definitely not helping that whole thing. So um, yeah, it's going to be a really tough market to try and push through the education and sales uh, in the meantime. 
So brand consolidation, um, definitely nothing new here. We've been talking about consolidation in the marketplace for a really long time. Um, definitely, if you don't have an entity in Puerto Rico, you're going to be consolidated even faster. Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about that for a long time. The advantages of doing business in Puerto Rico are phenomenal. And if you're out in California and you're spending 39% more than somebody in Puerto Rico, you're not going to be around. So consolidation is going to be um, something that, that picks up really quick. Not sure if it's going to be Charlotte's Web or maybe Jazz Pharmaceuticals or somebody else kind of coming in and, and cleaning up house. But I anticipate that consolidation is going to happen on a massive scale. Um, you know, later on this year and probably all of next year, we'll, we'll see a lot of companies just kind of go away or be combined or merged with others. Well, it's going to become ridiculously expensive to operate in this market once you have FDA approval requirements and FDA grade lab requirements. Uh, you're going to have to consolidate to manufacture these products to, to make it cost effective. Um, and the second comment is I am stunned that Charlotte's Web is still is still um, uh, independent. I would have expected a Jazz Pharmaceuticals uh, to come in and, and take Charlotte's Web straight out of the gate. Uh, I'm very surprised that hasn't happened. And, and kudos to the Charlotte's Web guys for, for uh, standing tall. Uh, but I'm really surprised they have not been acquired because they're one of the most reputable brands in the CBD space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and brand concentration, in case you aren't aware, um, is 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 intense in the cannabis space. So we're seeing brand concentration in California. Twenty seven percent of cannabis brands are consolidated into the top five brands. So all of these products are pretty much ran by just a, the the top half a dozen. Um, more stable markets like Washington and Oregon, you're seeing twenty four percent of those top five brands. Command like ten percent of all sales, right? So just a couple of brands dominating the majority of of the sales you're seeing. Nevada's forty percent, Colorado's thirty five, Pennsylvania eighty four percent is concentrated in just a couple of brands for that entire marketplace. So hemp is going to be CBD companies are going to be even worse than that. It's going to be a lot less companies, and you're just not going to be able to compete. So. Anybody who's thinking about opening up a CBD company is going to be like the worst decision they ever made uh, if they're just doing that now. If they're just starting today, they're going to have a problem. Yeah. So the existential crisis of CBD and wellness or cannabis, why not both? Um, you know, you mentioned um, smoking isn't really hip. I would say that Delta 8 for hemp being somewhat psychoactive would, would maybe be an exception to that for somebody who wants to kind of get off of cigarettes or somebody who doesn't want to smoke tobacco, um, you know, like blunts or whatever, like myself, <laughs> they might like yeah. that Delta eight, but um, it's not really wellness. It's not a wellness product. So more into tinctures and topicals. Uh, there's definitely some um, M&A activity out there. You know, you can see that uh, Aurora's buying into it, High Tide, Canopy Growth, Hexo, Molson, Molson Coors, all of them are kind of going after um, wellness products. So definitely a trend that we're going to continue to see. Yeah, you know, just a comment on this, Canopy Growth partnering with Martha Stewart. Uh, 
that I, I think is going to be very telling in this market because Martha Stewart talks to their target customer. It is a marketing genius move. Uh, now let's see how it plays out. But if Martha Stewart puts her name on a product, uh, you know, grandma and mom are, are going to sort of gravitate towards that product. Uh, Charlotte's Web, I've never heard of them. I don't know what you're talking about. Martha Stewart, oh, I know her. Okay, I'll grab that one. Um, so genius. Uh, but let's see how it plays out. But uh, coming out of the gate, I think they're, they're really smart about that. Yeah, and more com more companies will be on board with this too, as people are going away from you know even the acetaminophen or the <clears throat> people are going away from the Tylenols and the Advils and um, just pills. And generally, people don't even want to take the capsules for cannabis because it looks too much like a pill. So there's there's definitely a shift towards more holistic uh, approaches. Agreed. <clears throat> um. I, you know, just for uh, reference here, full spectrum versus an isolate, you want to look for more of a full spectrum, the full plant versus just an isolate. Um, you guys can do some more research and figure that out on what kind of compounds or uh, products you're looking for. So cannabinoids and beyond CBD products with added functional ingredients. So <clears throat> turmeric you can add in there, Inflam uh, inflammation, gummies. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is the, the market really trying to hammer down on the health aspect. And we've talked about this and you know, my, my favorite of the uh, CBD infused leggings. I mean, that, that just hurts my brain. Uh, but these products are starting to really hammer down on the health and wellness by combining, you know, one of these products has hyaluronic acid, which is an excellent face cream. And so they're trying to say, hey, you look younger. Um, but uh, one of the problems here is you can't say it helps your sleep. You can't say it helps your anxiety. Uh, because then you start bumping up against the FDA. And so it really is a fine line to say, hey, look at my product. My product can help you with your anxiety without saying this helps you with your anxiety. It's, it's a very fine line, Josh. So here's that workaround. A brand can't say CBD helps with sleep, but it can say melatonin plus CBD helps with sleep. So maybe that's the whole workaround there. Melatonin is going to give you um, a, a kind of a hangover effect. If you've taken it, it's going to make you feel really lethargic and, and groggy uh, for some people, I guess, not everybody. Um, but yeah, maybe if you have that CBD mattress, that's, that's going to be what helps you. <laughs> the Kyle, CBD Kyle Turley, mattress? Yeah, Kyle Turley just got a CBD mattress, uh, ex-NFL player. So I'm curious to see if that's helping him or not but yeah this cbd oh. leggings and mattress and everything is crazy to me uh, it is to me too so yeah you've got uh, melatonin and cbd you have weight loss supplements you have immune supplements 
And so maybe if people start looking at it with daily care probiotics or other solutions, uh, immune support, um, as, as long as you start talking about the endocannabinoid system, right? The ECS system, we don't have an, an Advil system or an ibuprofen system. And you don't have to know what the CB1 receptor cell is in order to understand the entourage effect. You just have to know we have this endocannabinoid system that requires cannabinoids like CBD to run on your system. Your endocannabinoid system runs your immune system. It runs your digestive system. It runs all of your systems. And if you don't have cannabinoids, you can't really expect it to run efficiently. So maybe that's kind of the, the education or, or the takeaway from all of this is, is yeah, maybe you should just have more cannabinoids. <laughs> uh, Josh, I don't know about you, but whatever Martha Stewart tells me to do is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, bad news is Drake just got canceled. I think he was supposed to do something with, uh, with a Canadian brand and they just said, nah, never mind. We're going to stick to Martha Stewart and Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so some key takeaways, the future of US CBD market may be unclear. There's no denying consumers are interested in the cannabinoids from both the wellness and cannabis perspective. CBD brands should continue to expand their product offerings to increase growth potential with and outside of CBD products and channels. The connection between cannabis, wellness, and CBD becomes increasingly important as mergers and acquisitions heat up. Non-CBD companies partnering with and acquiring CBD brands with influence, how competition looks in the space, as well as how final products are positioned and expanding the realm of consumers they reach. An influx of wellness-focused CPG dollars will expand horizons for CBD. Once legislative issues are worked out, distribution channels, relationships are already forged by wellness and cannabis brands will increasingly shape how, when, and why people buy CBD. The bottom line, CBD industry is poised for stronger growth in 2022 with customers returning to brick and mortars as the pandemic ends and disposable incomes giving up. The CBD market is expected to see a rift through the end of the year for the brands that have survived the pandemic. With regulatory guidelines expected towards the end of 2021 and early 2022, expect to see explosive growth through brick and mortar as ingestible products hit the shelves of chain retailers around the country. Do you think a lot of that will happen with um, going back to work, people taking CBD edibles to have a longer lasting effect for that, that anxiety that they haven't had in you know year, year and a half? Maybe, Josh. Uh, we're seeing a lot of commentary in the press about uh, no, return to normal uh, anxiety and what does that mean? And, you know, I haven't left my house in a year and a half. Now you want me to go to work every day? How am I going to handle that? Uh, maybe CBD is the answer there. I, I, don't, I don't know that, but uh, there's certainly a lot of chat about that. And maybe you just need to say, um, on your package helps you get through the work day. <laughs> Maybe we'll see some interesting marketing slogans about returning to work. Yeah, I think next week I'll be publishing an interview I did for a different podcast uh, called Seeking Alpha, interviewing CEOs. And I interviewed a uh, the CEO of uh, Regis's parent company, International Workplace Group, IWG. Um, and they own a lot of co-working spaces and, and they use the pandemic as an opportunity to expand and scale and, and continue to, to move. And so 74% of the people that they interviewed said that they are not going to go back to a work environment, like an in-place. That's three quarters, but 
they're also asking people that are already doing co-working, right? So, right. Um, but I think if, if you kind of look at that and if it's even a fraction of that, a quarter of the employees will not go back. It's going to be substantial. I think ultimately, regardless, people don't want to go and commute. That was the number one reason. They don't want to spend 20% of their day commuting to work when they don't really get paid for it. Um, if they have to, I think you're going to see road rage. That's going to require CBD. Uh, <laughs> you know, talking to your boss, that's going to require CBD. And then interacting at the water cooler, that's going to require CBD. And then when you realize you're only halfway through the day and you can't get up and take your dogs for a walk or whatever, that's going to require CBD. Uh, and then you got to like drive back home. So that's going to require CBD. So I, yeah, I would, I would expect sales to explode as people make that final decision, like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going right. to work. I'm not commuting. So I would expect to see that explosive growth before people realize like, nope, not going back to work. I do expect a trend similar to that uh, because it is an adjustment. And just like we saw cannabis sales uh, do better than originally anticipated with the pandemic, uh, they do they do flatten out and, and they do uh, normalize and we'll see CBD normalize but I, I do expect uh, an initial spike as people try and deal with the return to work yeah and one we'll way cover, or the other we'll, we'll cover a follow-up in uh, three to six months so check back at um, beginning and end of fourth quarter and we'll definitely do um an update on this and see exactly where we're at as a whole, where the country is at. I'm, I'm expecting a big shift to work from home permanently. Um, I know my wife works for a huge tech company here in Seattle and uh, she doesn't want to go back, but they all do. Uh, and now that there's a pushback, now that Facebook officially said, we're not going back. Um, and then all the, there's going to be people who, who follow and maybe want to work at, at Facebook now and didn't before just because of that, that policy, I would expect a lot more of these tech companies and then banking and everyone else to follow suit uh, when the employees start making that decision for them. They're trying to say that their, their culture is this workplace, you know, we're, we're workplace culture. Like, no, you're not, <laughs> you're, you're whatever your employees say you are. So we'll see how long that lasts. Um, if, you know, companies like Amazon want to continue to have uh, work from home or work in the workplace, their culture is going to die just as fast as Microsoft's did. I wouldn't, I wouldn't work at Microsoft if you paid me $500,000 a year. It's a zombie culture. Um, and if Amazon wants to follow suit, uh, their, their culture is going to die just as fast. So I would advise anybody listening to uh, take some CBD and work from home. <laughs> That is it. <laughs> All right, Josh. We we understand that that uh, that you don't want to commute. <laughs> no, no. I also don't want to see some of these uh, these companies lose their culture, but it's it's going to happen. It's going to shift, and uh, and I think we're going to see it right in front of our face. So just a matter of time. I I agree. I do not think that we are looking at spending forty hours tied to a desk. Uh, going forward. I, I just don't see that as a reality. And if you need CBD to help you get through that, uh, you know, Monday morning stand up, uh, then, then that's what you need to do. But I, I really do not 
see 40 hours tied to your desk anymore. Uh, I don't think that's a viable model. Yeah, and I don't even see it being a work from home. I, the IWG, the parent company of Regis, the co-working space is looking at or suburbs, right? So it's the whole thing of not commuting. You're not going to go into a co-working space in the city. You're going to go into a co-working space in the suburbs. So um, it would be interesting if, if an Amazon bought WeWork for example, for that purpose of allowing people to, to be able to go to a central location all over the world and have all these individuals, I kind of see that as being the new norm. Um, definitely not going back to the workplace, so that is not the new norm, but I don't know. You have to come back to the talking hedge and find out. All right, with that, we're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the talking hedge. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the talking hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.